source to pay, RFI, RFP, procure to pay, goods receipt, accounts payable. It's easy to get lost in procurement jargon, but at the end of the day, it's all just about buying better. And that's what I try to help you with here at Your Procurement. To me, data should be at the core of your transformation, and the technology should just be ways to drive compliance to be able to execute on that strategy. Welcome to this episode of Pure Procurement, where we demystify procurement and show you how it can be a value creator for your business. On the last episode, we explored the critical success factors for your source-to-pay system implementation. One of the factors that came up and got a strong reaction was vendor master data quality. Everyone agrees that this is an important topic. However, when it comes down to the specific actions that should be taken to tangibly set yourself up for success, there's not many experts on the topic out there. Today, I'm fortunate enough to be joined by one of these rare gems. In fact, my guest today has built a company around the fact that being the master of your vendor information is the backbone of success and source to pay. Stephanie LaPierre is the Chief Executive Officer at Tealbook a Canadian vendor network software provider based in Toronto, Ontario. Stephanie and her team have been working since 2014 on putting together a platform that leaves your ERP vendor master data in the dust. By doing away with limited and static vendor information and developing tools and processes that deliver up-to-date, granular, and contextually specific information to buyers and sellers, Tealbook is making a name for itself. While on this journey, let's just say she's gotten very intimate with the good, the bad, and the ugly of the vendor master. That's why I've asked her onto the show today to discuss how companies can effectively cleanse vendor master data, how to measure your progress, and how to keep those vendor master data at quality levels consistent. On the episode, we dive into the problems with traditional thinking around vendor data quality and walk through the process and the tools that can be used to really see progress on this front within your company. I was more excited for this discussion than most, so I hope you take away as much as I did from Stephanie and I's conversation. Without further ado, enjoy the discussion, and I'll catch you at the end of the episode. Thanks for joining me today, Stephanie. It's really a pleasure to have you on the podcast to discuss one of my favorite topics, which is vendor management and vendor relationship and data management, because it plays a big role in, in the success of folks and in a bunch of different endeavors, whether it be transformation projects or, or operational uh, activities as well on the on the buy side or even the sell side for suppliers. Um, so yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And so I thought we could discuss today what you guys do at Tealbook, but also why vendor master data is important, why nerds like us uh, in the procure pay space get so excited about it or so passionate about it. So maybe we could start there. Uh, how did you develop such a, a deep interest in managing vendor vendor data? <laughs> um, so I, I won't bore with all the details of what inspired me. I can certainly provide some feedback, but I think what recently, an event that happened recently that was such a validation of what we're doing is I was at a procurement conference and I was speaking to about 90 head of procurement. It was some of the largest companies in the world. And I asked one simple question. I said, raise your hand if you have confidence, some confidence in the quality of your supplier data. And everyone laughed. And nobody raised their hands. They're all looking at each other, smiling. And I said, raise your hand if you think data, supplier data is critical to the digital transformation. And everyone raised their hands. 
And so can we all agree that there's a major data crisis and that, that we have this massive gap? And so, you know, and it, to me that, and then it led to after my presentation, spending six hours at a table <laughs> talking to procurement teams about what does that actually mean. And I think it, it comes from, you know, um, if you look at the history of procurement, you know, it has been quite highly transactional back in the days, right? It, it has been a fairly tactical function um, to try and operationalize transaction or relationship as come a little later with suppliers. But suppliers are really critical to competitiveness. They're really critical to an organization. As much as their customers, as much as the talent, and we're, we're looking at the sales and marketing side, like they've been using, right, data and analytics for a really long time. And even over the past few years on the talent side, you're getting a lot of technology, a lot of investment in big data to understand talent and trends and, and trying to get the most out of your talent. And very little has been done for suppliers other than processes and software to try to automate part of the workflow or part of the transaction. And so I think it's left a really big gap when we're looking at executives of organization that are demanding for speed, agility, innovation, competitiveness, especially now that so many industries are being disrupted. It's really leaving, you know, procurement to think of how do they, how do they manage this transformation? How can they digitize this function in a way that really scales and can bring more value to the organization and be part of this and not be disrupted? And, you know, I think what we've seen over the last few years is most procurement teams have ran to P2P companies who have been telling a good story. I think there's a good story about being, you know, adopting cloud-based technology that helps get you more visibility and process invoicing and, and other things like that. But I think it's left still a big gap that a lot of the data thinking has been done, you know, later or has been maybe overseen. And mostly it's because it's not easy to reconcile data. It's not easy to be able to have the data that you need to feed those systems and then keep the data in those systems as relevant or as fresh or as accurate or as transparent as, as you could. Um, and I think it's leaving procurement now. You know, a year and a half ago, we were doing webinars to educate procurement teams on what machine learning and AI means. And now we're talking a year and a half later, failed, failed digital procurement transformation. And so I think we're coming to a point where it's, there's a big crisis, there's a demand for a solution, and luckily for us, you know, we foresaw this happening a few years ago and start building our technology in a way that we could provide a data solution. Okay, yeah, and, and I can see that uh, that happening for sure as well on, on the different mandates that I'm I'm on, but I'm... I'm curious to get your opinion on what does that ideal state look like, right? Because you're saying that it's hard to sync those uh, that data across systems and be able to to, to have up to date data as well, right? So what what does that ideal state look like, right? Is it for 100% of your suppliers? Is this is it for a certain slice of them? And and how how can you tell yourself that you're ready for a source to pay transformation or implementing that technology or that from a data perspective? Well, I think the data should come first, right? Um, and I think you should have visibility into 100% of the supply base. I mean, we've prioritized in the past because it's been so difficult, I'd say even impossible, to maintain information in a way that was useful. And so we had to prioritize which ones are more at risk or where we're spending most of our dollars, but there's a lot of opportunities in 100% of the supply base. 
Um, and when you say maintaining that information was, was difficult, is it because the companies are doing that manually, I, I would imagine? Or yeah, I mean, so, if yeah. you think of, you know, we have customers who have, with customers who have small vendor base, but, but some have 200, 300,000 global suppliers. So we're talking about onboarding 200,000 companies, collecting data from those 200,000 companies, maintaining the records, maintaining and validate those records, some on an annual basis. And then it's it's everything about those suppliers. Like what what do they do? You know how similar are they to other suppliers that you're already doing business with? Um, it's the level of risk. It's the level of performance and and relevance and trust. Uh, are they certified for what? Right? Is that record yeah. accurate? Validate? Reportable? Like I mean, there's so many components. And all those components have been collected by companies, but they've been collected by different functions across different systems. And the data stack has lived in those systems in a way that makes it really, really difficult for organizations to try to, to reconcile. And so it's been done through data cleansing, but then it gives you only, you know, visibility into your spend data. And that's a yeah. snapshot. It's not a dynamic record that gets better over time and can start giving you insight so that you can – you know, you can start becoming more predictive. You can start foreseeing things that may happen or opportunities that you're missing um, because you don't have that visibility. Yeah. And to add, I think you don't have the, uh, diversity information if that's something you're using as a uh, as a criteria for your for your spending decisions. And and you, I think one point we discussed offline as well, I think, is, is as soon as you have that data captured, it, it also starts aging and starts losing its accuracy over time. I mean, the most amazing thing for us when we work with clients, when we get a vendor master, and that's 100% of, of cases we get, um, typically, and I'll put an example of a, of a customer we recently um, deployed with, they said they had 19,000 suppliers. And so we got the 19,000 records, and then within days showed them that they actually have 5,900 companies. Right, there's so much duplication, and that they have 570 of those suppliers that are duplicates, an instance of duplication. And so they had, in some cases, 30 different contracts across the different businesses they they were not aware of. So yeah. some there's good reasons for that. Others there's massive opportunities to go and leverage and renegotiate to get economies of scale. Um, the opportunity to see what's your accurate diversity data. That company had a pretty strong diversity mandate to project, but they're only spending 3% of their spend with small and diverse businesses that were accurate, and then give them the pipeline of potential. Here's, you know, X amount, it was $84 million of small and diverse that are validated, but here's another $60 million of potential pipeline that you look like they should be small and diverse. We just can't validate the record. So then there's you can start being more proactive about that. Um, in this instance, what was really interesting is that they have a very big focus in Aboriginal businesses, but only $160,000 out of their $84 million in spend was mm. was with Aboriginal businesses. So be able to see that and say, okay, now we can Drop take action. Bucket. Yeah. Um, the best insight that we can, and those are all snapshot, right? This is once you turn the light on to your data, you can see things. But what drives what drives a strategy is seeing in categories where, because we look at 300 different um, dimensions of trends and similarities between companies, we're able to show clusters where you have suppliers that do the same thing or look very, very similar to one another. 
And so you can see in categories, we had a client who had 200 some, something translation services, right? So those are yeah. all suppliers you collect data, you're maintaining, you're validating records, you're paying, right, separately with no economies of scale. And you still have people in the company going out to Google to find translation services for Spanish or Mandarin or whatever because they don't know, don't have access to the information about who we already have under contract. So you're creating this unnecessary burden on the business and on finance and on legal and, and you're introducing unnecessary risk. So seeing those clusters, you can start building your strategy and how you're driving your technology or you could, we also have an interface, but the way that you can drive that is to consolidate. How can we in those categories, you know, develop policies and processes that drive consolidation and make sure that we're leveraging those supplies more effectively and we understand which ones are more valuable for what so that we can continuously, you know, deliver that insight to our business and, and reduce the cost, the risk, you know, increase savings and, and build better partnerships. And then there's other categories where you see that you don't have a lot of suppliers and sometimes there's good reasons. Most of the time it's complacency. <laughs> so, but if you're seeing that, hey, we don't have a lot of suppliers in these categories, but because the data now it's a global network and, and we're identifying clusters, hey, here's, you know, clusters of similar suppliers that do the same thing, that are doing business with companies that are very similar to yours based on what you're, you're buying. Here's our clusters where your strategy should be about increasing competitiveness. Right, so your policies may be like you need at least three or ten or how many bids that you need per sourcing event. It, it may be that you're driving compliance around, you know, savings and, and creating that hyper-competitiveness. And so to me, data should be at the core of your transformation, and the technology should just be ways to drive compliance to, to be able to execute on that strategy and the technology should be adaptable. It's going to keep changing. There's like thousands of niche new digital solutions that are coming to market and be able to plug in those technology to your data so that you can drive compliance and be able to change and evolve with that technology, I think is really, really critical to the future of procurement. Yeah. Okay. Great. And I think I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. And I think it's also, it's also been kind of the holy grail as, as we, we've gone through this, this, these different phases of source to pay tools, right, over the, the last couple of years, and we've seen consolidation in that industry uh, as well. But I'm, I'm wondering what your thought process is to to get from, because I, th I think people have been trying to consolidate that vendor data in their back-end ERP system or, you know, in their, in their data stack somewhere, maybe in a middleware where all the applications can come in and, and query uh, a single source of truth for vendor data. Uh, what are the common pitfalls that you see with those approaches, and, and what are you doing with with Tealbook and with your company from a process perspective to to address those issues? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of angles to this. So if you're doing this yourself, and we hear it from our customers, there's a quote one of our you know Fortune 100 clients that we don't want to collect, maintain, validate records of suppliers anymore. It's really impossible. We want to be able to access the right data. We want it to be maintained, right, not because we're maintaining it, but the record is maintaining up to date. And we also want that record to be validated not by a third party somewhere in a third world country. We want it to be validated by other buyers like us. And we need the insight to drive our business forward. And our insight is very limited. And so when you're when you're building your your processes and you're adopting, uh, you know, technology like a P2P, 
how is that data being cleansed, enriched, distributed into your system in a way that's really effective and dynamic and continuously refreshed is, is impossible right now. It's hard. Right. <laughs> and it's so very... the, it's been the mentality of been for companies, like, well, we're going to put that on our suppliers. Our suppliers are going to do it so that we don't have to do it or have to yeah. hire, you know, a third-party um, supplier to do it. And the reality is even the largest companies in the world will tell us, like, you know, we thought we were influential enough to get suppliers to do it, but the reality is, like, the majority don't. And that's mm-hmm. because suppliers have been asked to update, you know, hundreds to thousands of different systems and each instance of the same software across their customers, right, in ways that doesn't really help their ROI. And so, right. yes, they're motivated when it comes to an invoice, but then you're getting very limited information, and even that's hard to maintain, like banking information, contact yep. information. And so when you're asking about all of the data and the speed of how things are changing in the market, um, it makes it incredibly difficult to track. And so we've taken an approach, obviously we've used technology to do this, um, primarily machine learning, is to proactively you know, build records on each company in the world. Um, and the footprint is expanding continuously because we're always crawling and finding ways to find companies that are as similar and relevant to the ones that are already doing business with our customers, but it's also the completeness of that information. And so we've built algorithms to be able to do that, but it's also you layer that with, you know, customer data and how the structured data becomes more relevant to them. So if I want to sort suppliers by capabilities, by spend, by relevance to me as a buyer within my organization, uh, by, by suppliers who have an MSA, by hearing them as preferred or strategic. And then you've got all the other data set around. I want, you know, I've got diversity targets. I want to find the ones that are diverse, that are, you know, certified, whatever it may be, they have GDPR certificate. Like all that that data should be coming um, into place um, and be useful. And so we find many different ways that we do this, um, but mostly it's a combination of all of that and the power to be able to have a record that continuously improves and that's a big change you know between in the past when i could buy data like lists yeah, like the data or something like that exactly right? and then and then if you see records that are wrong and there's nothing you can do about it then you're not going to yeah. trust it you're going to go god this is garbage or i'm not trusting it you're reporting using that data hoping <laughs> that the data is as, as accurate as it can you know it's not good right it's not perfect uh, but you're hoping it is, and and I think the big difference is when we're we're working with customers, it, it's a, it's a journey. Whatever they give us is really bad. From their vendor master, they all apologize. It's okay, it's bad. Everyone has bad vendor masters. <laughs> you know? yeah. But now we can turn the light on and add to it. And so, say you give us two percent of the completeness of all the information you need to know about a supplier, and we add ten percent to that. So we'll add capabilities, contact information, location, certificates, relevance. We'll add things that are really valuable to your business. But now we may have, you know, still 85 to 88% of completeness that we still need to build. And that will depend on how you build your strategy, what system you integrate, how you're communicating to your suppliers. If you decide to roll Tailbook out as an interface and that's an option, uh, how are you rolling it out? What type type of data or compliance, or how are your users interacting with the platform? All of that is to build a complete to get to 100. percent You'll never get to 100. percent Right. But, but you, you can never go back. Get closer. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, and it's so it's so interesting that you you mentioned that uh, big organizations will you know push it push that task out or the the reflexes these days to push that task out to suppliers and say suppliers know their information their own information better than than we do so they should be the guardians of that but then at the same time when you're dealing with with huge multinational organizations it's it's a collection of individuals right and each individual in that company will know different bits and pieces and so they they might you know you might be talking with a supplier about another supplier in a competitive scenario and they're both part of the same company through some you know some structural uh device but they don't even know it themselves right so it's they don't even know their customer right they don't even know the supplier may not even know their customers there's very little visibility so uh, so so, yeah i completely uh i get your the next step being okay well let's we can't rely on companies to maintain their vendor data. We can't rely on solely on suppliers to maintain it either. But a collection of of that, uh, every, every little piece that everybody knows in that ecosystem should be contri- contributed to a, a central master. At least that's how, how I understand it. I know okay. what you're saying, right? And that's nice. I think Facebook as being, you know, we've been named like the source of truth, the golden record, the digital vendor master, however you want to call it. And we define ourselves as a being a, a really smart supplier data cloud. So very similar to back when you had your phone and all your pictures and your contacts. Remember, you used to have to email people to tell them that you lost your phone to send their yeah. contact information again. <laughs> so yeah. painful. Yeah. <laughs> but now all your data is in the cloud. So no matter what laptop, iPad, iPhone, latest version of an iPhone you may get, it's just a matter of just connecting it to your cloud, and then all the data gets populated. So you're not you're not bound to the technology anymore, right? You can actually evolve much faster and right. and the friction and changing the technology is, is seamless. And so that's the way that you should think about your data. How can your organization, how can procurement have really good supplier data that continuously generate more transparency and insight? At over time, you're becoming a lot more strategic, you're becoming a lot more predictive, and you're not bound to the technology Inevitably, yeah. each function will ask for the latest, you know, AI contract management system and, you know, quality will ask for the latest, you know, quality management system. Um, and they all have, they all require supplier data. It's a basic profile or more information about the supplier. So how do you connect? You can keep that workflow. You can keep that technology in a way that you can grab data or manage a process. But how does that tie back? to the data and who's consuming that data on the other side and when they're using that software, what's really important is that they know that the data of that supplier is actually accurate and it's updated. And if they can deliver more insight while they're working through that software, the better so that they can make better, smarter decisions or they can start accelerating some of those workflow in a way that it automates it because the insight is delivering you know, most of the value that they would have need normally if they were to capture data in a, in more of a tactical process. Okay, okay. And so uh, could I extrapolate that, uh, you know, you see uh, technology like Tealbook sitting at the as the single source of truth of, of that vendor master data and, and pushing, uh, you know, updates to, to systems like your uh, contract management system you were mentioning earlier to say, you know, here's the latest vendor master, and here's um, how you should update it in, in the system. And uh, even the fields that may be unique to that contract management system in the yeah. vendor master, you would you would still 
maintain in, in Teelbook, or how, how does that? Uh, how do you see that relationship? Yeah, I mean, without going into the deep, deep details, I think yeah. it starts typically it starts with the P2P, like what system are you using? How accurate is that data? How easy it is to distribute, especially if you haven't implemented your P2P. You're depending on your system integrator to do that data cleansing and enrichment and distribution. Yeah. It's a high variable. It's not really their strength. Like they're really good at doing the implementation, the integration, the yeah, design, build, deploy. Yeah. But the data is not. It's, it shouldn't be in their hands. So if you can remove that variable by adding a product, right, or a solution, um, suddenly you're having you know, better data that's easier to distribute. You're having a much more effective investment in your P2P. And what, you know, it came out last spring, I think it was the city of New York, that was $54 million over budget with your P2P and and working with a system integrator. And and a lot of that was caused by the poor data quality, not because of the software itself. And so if you're, you know, if you're feeling like, my neck's on the line, or I want to make sure that my multi-million dollar investment in my S2P or P2P solution is effective and people are going to engage and the data is going to be up to date, it's a really good, you know, way to start work engaging with us. Um, and that can be also to an ERP and then, and then be adaptable to all the different niche solutions that, you know, maybe you've already invested into or you're looking to invest in the future. How are you building a technology ecosystem that can plug into the same data? And, and to your point, what fields need to be updated? It's, um, you know, it can be, it can be done. And so we, we don't start with a full integration upfront. We typically start with, let's turn the light on to your data. Yeah. Then we can partner with a change management firm or work directly with our customers if they have the resources to look at the data and then start thinking about their strategy and how they're going to roll it out and what they're going to integrate the, the data into. Um, and typically start as a standalone because you want that data to start getting better right away. You can export the data out of Steelbook and then update it to other system as an interim while you're, you're figuring out, you know, how, what is that integration roadmap will look like long term. Now we're also in, in heavy discussion and moving forward with partnerships with SDP and P2P that don't have a supplier ecosystem or looking for a way to generate more value and remove that high variable on the implementation from the data uh, maintenance or on the discovery or on the network or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah. they're looking for to, to subsidize um, to be more competitive. And so that's, you know, then it's just integrated and it comes with your P2P or SDP. So that's that's the future for us. Cool. Yeah, and and the way I see it, because you use that expression, turn the light on on, on your data, it feels like as soon as I, I can import data into, into Tealbook, um, even if my suppliers aren't logging in to add more info or I'm not adding more info because of those machine learning algorithms, uh, my data is, is going to start getting better on its own, right? Like, oh, it's really cool. I mean, in, in sectors where we have more customers, we use that community aggregated knowledge to give even more insight. So those customers get so much value because it's beyond just their, you know, what we were able to generate on their suppliers. We have that community uh, insight um, that, that, aggregated so you don't see each other's data. Uh, but yeah. it gives you more relevance. It gives you more on analytics around, you know, benchmark and things like that. Um, and the suppliers have been typically invited by multiple customers to come to the same place. So if they update their certificate once, it's updated for everyone. If it's validated yeah. once, it's validated for everyone. 
Now, you may be a company that, you know, you need the data to be validated based on your compliance requirements. Well, then you can validate it in Sailbook, and then you have that record now validated for twice for, for your community. Um, but in sectors where we don't, then the one example I was giving you, that's a sector that we had just entered into, and we still developed, like, we're able to generate a lot of value up front. And those customers, like, we're, we're starting around, we've got a lot of momentum in a new vertical, and we, the way that we've approached that vertical and chief procurement officers um, has been, you know, yes, you are the first one. We can generate a lot of value, but now you can help us build that, that community data. And so we already have, within a couple of weeks, three deals that are moving forward in that sector. So we've got vendor masters from three companies that expand our machine learning extensively in those sectors and those regions and those capabilities. And now those three customers are going to start really generating a lot of value. Um, and leveraging each other's uh, knowledge, right? Yeah, and without sharing proprietary information, that's really yeah. critical to our customers because we have, you know, clients in highly regulated or proprietary industries, so they don't want to share secrets, but at the end of the day, they're getting a lot of insights and value that, that's so beneficial um, without feeling that they're, you know, again, they're, they're sharing, they're making their data visible to others. Okay. And then what's the um what are the challenges you're facing in, in developing this technology? I'm sure there's there's uh issues and, and roadblocks that are uh that are important like like any new endeavor. Oh well building a tech company is you know, that we could have a whole other podcast <laughs> or ten. Um you know, I I I built a consulting firm prior to this in procurement and doing change management and building procurement function for hyper growth companies. And so I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, um, but building a tech company is a completely different beast, especially that I think I was we were probably a little ahead of the market. Because of my consulting background, I saw what was happening, and I, I was looking for a solution for my clients. How can we build this transparent, enabling, scalable, agile procurement function? It's like, we can't. <laughs> as soon as yeah. you start introducing <laughs> systems and tools, like, suddenly you get no more, there's no easy way to be able to reconcile the data. And so that's what, you know, I sat on the idea for Tilbo for nine years until cloud technology started becoming adopted and a lot, a lot of the P2P software moved to the cloud. Um, then I knew that there was an opportunity to use big data. I didn't know it was called machine learning at the time. That was four and a half years ago. Um, and so, you know, building the technology itself, I was really fortunate to work with a lot of customers and, and coming from the space, Right, definitely helped me yeah. understand the actual business drivers, the ROI, the use cases as to why you needed good data. Um, and I was really, again, you know, there's a lot of magic with building companies. Uh, one of the magic moments for me, we had an MVP. We had six customers, a very small team. Our MVP was developed by a third party. And then I met my CTO, Jeff Petal. Um, and Jeff, you know, had worked at Google. He had done two masters in computer science. His second master's was in machine learning. Before that, he was building social media platform using big data to, to make it really usable in a social media environment and, and selling the, the analytics to media companies. Before that, spent 10 years at Ariba building the catalog and supplier network. Before that, he was at IBM. And he was in Toronto and available. <laughs> yeah, so you jump on him, right? <laughs> so, you know... Um, that was that was really magic because to find someone that completely understood what we're building and then has the 
all the different pieces that we need to build our own data scientist team in-house and build a software that was massively scalable that we could work with banks and highly regulated industries. You know, we talk about security, about, you know, the scale, about, um, you know, there's so many components that goes with that. And then, and then the machine learning, it's about data. You know, I hear this all the time at conferences or when talking to procurement teams or even analysts that say to procurement teams that they should build their own data scientist team. And it, I, I, I cringe because, one, like, it's really competitive to get really good data yeah. scientists. And yeah. data scientists, if you don't know what that means, it's, you know, it, it, it can be challenging to hire for and manage that team in a way that motivates them. They're really motivated the way our CTO manages that team is very different than our software team. It's more like a, almost like an academic project base. Exactly. And so when you hear this and data scientists are working on small set of data internally, I mean, there's not much that they can really do. Right. So for us, it's about data. Like where can we find sources of data continuously more and more and more. And that's the only limitation we have. (laughs) Well, it is right. So, We do a great job. We scout, we, we scour like hundreds of millions of websites. We're sitting on, we, we built it on the Google Cloud, so we have access to a lot of data and machine learning. But it's, 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 uh, about finding more sources that, uh, completes the bucket of data that we're looking for. The more general supplier profile information to, uh, accredited data to vendor master data to, you know, risk data and then continue building that, um, that completeness of the record. Yeah, so I guess, to answer uh, your question, the challenge is, is how do we find more sources of data, and that's what we continuously okay. um, yeah. look for. And I guess that's, you see the uh, the, the percentage, because you were saying you never get to 100%, but you, you must see that percentage grow over time as well, within not just within clients, but within what you're able to deliver oh, it's to, so to cool. clients, right? <laughs> it's so cool. Like yeah. this, we have a client that's uh, a Fortune 50 company, when, you know, the, the way that we start engaging is I ask a very simple question to the transformation team. I said, when an employee needs a supplier today, what's the process for that employee to start their project, whatever it is, to get that yeah. supplier on board to start working with them? And the chief procurement officer spoke for like half an hour, 40 minutes of all the things that they put together to help that stakeholder get the information that they need through procurement. And all I said in that meeting is that all of this, not overnight, but over time with Tailbook will happen. I snap my fingers. There's no yeah. reason why that employee cannot find all the information with the insight that they need to drive and make good decisions. And so that spiraled us to talk about use cases. Like, okay, if you had good data, what's the priorities? And diversity, supply diversity was a priority. And we're talking about a company that's at the billion-dollar roundtable that's been very, very well established with a 30-year-old supply diversity program. But still, like, you know, they're looking at 200,000 suppliers, and they're like, we think we're missing some. Like, the way that we're doing this today requires a lot of effort. It's very yeah. manual, but we also very based on opportunities. Is it based, it's also based on the skill of uh, the senior buyers they have on their team, I would imagine, right? And the relationships and knowledge they've built over time. No, well, you get, no, you get, I mean, there's software that do supplier yeah. diversity, but they only do it for the suppliers that are uploading their certificate or they're capturing right. certificate for and so we did the exercise. When we start with them, it was clear that we didn't have we did not have supply diversity data at the time. And so what they said, we don't care. But if you could get it and make the data better, that would be a first good use case to show us that you can improve the quality of our data over time. 
And yeah. so we, they challenge us, and then so we start looking for sources of supplier diversity data. And in 10 business days, we're able to find over 800,000 small diversity certificates, read those certificates, unify back their profile, crawl all the information about that company, and created almost 500,000 small diverse businesses profiles that were available on Killbook. We matched it against their record and found 1,600 suppliers that met their requirements that had been missed in their reporting. We improved their reporting by 20% in 10 business days. Right? Like that. And those are all like publicly available sources of data that you you just started mining? That was just with publicly available data. Imagine if you could, you know, tap into, you know, paid. Yes, that's standard. Exactly. And in the U.S., it's easier because. You, those suppliers have to report at the, the state or the, the national or the city level. They have to either, you know, be registered at the gov- with the government or they upload their actual um, accredited certificate. So it's much easier in the U.S. Canada is not as easy, but we have groups of customers now that, you know, they have mandate and the challenge with the national associations, which are super commendable, what they're doing we would never replace. They do all the support for the community. But the database are typically dated, and I'm a buyer. I have a mandate for veteran-owned, small businesses, women-owned, gay, lesbian, African-American, whatever, Aboriginal, and now I have to subscribe to these national associations in order to get access to their database, and their database are not super awesome. And um, I'm a buyer who's just looking for maybe a translation services or an IT consulting firm or an ad agency or whatever it may be. I don't really care if I don't have strong diversity mandate, right? I'm not going to go to, like, to 10 different databases. Yeah. Well, maybe my company pays a fee, but it's still a lot of time. And and so there's a lot of limitation in, 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 in limitation in scale as to be able to just search for translation services, go, I'm looking for translation services in Canada, ideally in Toronto. I'd like them to be woman-owned. Uh, is their Aboriginal owned as well? Are they validated, certified? Yeah, no. Are they? Are we working with them already? I can sort by spend. I can find similar companies who are certified. Build a list in seconds, and then I can also show my manager. Hey, every time I do a sourcing event, I've got I've included all the suppliers based on my compliance, right? My mandate. Like I can actually be more accountable to it. So I think it's a big mind like mindset, and it should be an opportunity for the national associations because if they're in there it adds more credibility. If I can sort by NMSDC or WeConnect or WeBank or VA or whatever it is, it just adds the fact that the certificate is now valid. It's a it's a credible source and it's it's in the hands of all my buyers and possibly my my employees that are not in procurement. So now you're completely scaling access to those suppliers in the hands of people making decisions every day. And do you uh do those people making decisions every day based on that data that they have access to the source of that data? Like, can, can I do yeah. that and say, okay, yeah. where, where did Killbook get this piece of data, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you can click on the link to the national associations, or right now you can click on the on the SBA or whatever it is. You can see it. You can even click verify, so then it's verified for your entire organization as you do it, or we can automate that process for our clients if they don't want to do it, um, you know, more manually. I mean, manually, it's on, on there, but, uh, and then they can report. Like our clients yeah. can report the supplier diversity now on their dashboard. They can pick their quarter, the classification based on their requirements, and it's a click of a button that they can oh, actually okay. take that report and submit it, which is, you know, again, another game changing opportunity. So for people, we've gotten super excited now. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just me, I don't know. 
uh, sometimes I get excited about stuff uh, that other people look at me funny for. But uh, what does an, uh, an implementation project look like for, for a tool like Peelbook? It's simple. It's really easy from a physical implementation uh, to get started. We just need a vendor master, and we need the field, like the, ideally more than a legal name for us to automate that process. If we don't, then we have to do some manual manipulation to make sure we're, we're getting 100% match. Yeah. Um, this is a file. We get we our clients send us their messy files, and we take it and we implement. And then the strategic component of it, I'd say we've been very successful more recently partnering with change management firms who are looking at the data, and then they're they're helping our customers um, prioritize and then build yeah, their policies and processes exactly. Because we did that initially, and you know we're a tech company, so we're not super equipped for that. Um, and we are building a more sophisticated customer success, but we really want to enable partners to be able to do it. So, you know, we're building a partnership where partners can build some really nice businesses on the change management and the integration, uh, and it's not nothing like what you would pay or, or the heavy lifting you'd have to do, you know, with a larger a manual, uh, a, yeah. Like a manual spend analysis uh, mandate or something like that. Oh no no, it's it's super simple, <laughs> and and then it's it, it's really more about the change management and how you're driving that change. In Killbook, you get the data, you, you pick your filters. If you want to use our interface, it's optional. You don't have to use our interface, but we find customers really like the interface. It looks like LinkedIn, so there may be a good use case for non-procurement users. Or we have a client with four thousand marketing supplier right now, so a large insurance company and they want to start using the interface to capture uh, connections and uh, they want their buyers to start rating and tagging suppliers and uh, add themselves as a category lead and start weighting those 4,000 suppliers. So yep. that's a really good use case. Um, a client who had a rebound said, no, no, we've committed to a rebound. We're not going to introduce another interface. We don't want to confuse our buyers. When they saw Tailbook and, and the fact that they had really strong diversity mandate, they're able to roll it out uh, to help those buyers find small and diverse businesses, and that's how it started. And now they've expanded their use case to integrate their category strategies. All the preferred suppliers based on the category comes up first, and then they're able to, to use Tailbook to do that. So, you know, there's there's definitely – those are, again, they're more kind of strategic decisions on how you're going to roll it out. I mean, for me, as a buyer to have Tailbook, it's an app. As long as my company subscribes to it, I upload it, all my contacts, I can add to all my suppliers, so then I build my own, basically my digital Rolodex of suppliers. I can sort yeah. by who's doing business with my organization, by spend, by geography, by diversity, by similarities. And then if I have the network, I can expand, find similar suppliers, you know, and that are as similar or more similar to the ones I'm already doing business with. So if my mandate is discovery or innovation or diversity, yeah. um, it's super, super easy to use. So it'd be as simple as uh, as a buyer, you know, I I call up my uh, my favorite IT guy and my ERP of choice and get them to send me a, an extract of, of my vendor database or at least my vendors that are I'm interested in. And, and yeah. if my company subscribed to Tealbook, I can, I can upload that data and, and start getting yeah. more insights. Yeah. No, it's really cool. And we used to, to provide a report. Now it's in product. So it's a dashboard. You see all your data come to life. You see how many unique suppliers. You see your diversity spend that's that's validated, the pipeline of potential. You see by categories, clusters, unclassified with suggested classification. Like the, the, the first, the wow factor comes up front. And then after that, it's driven through your strategy and how you're using it. Cool. 
Awesome. Well, I, I want to be respectful of, of your time. I know we, uh, we've been talking for a while here. Um, so is there, is there anything that uh, you want to leave with, with my audience or people listening now in terms of how they can reach you or anything you're, you're, you're currently working on that, that would be of interest? Well, listen, I really appreciate you um, inviting me to speak. And we we talked initially about not being promotional, so I'm sorry to talk a lot about Chillbook. I'm super, <laughs> no, but it, super but passionate it feels about like, what uh, we're doing. No, no, but uh, I mean, it feels like it's it's you're early in a market where there's not a lot of players, right? So when we talk about tools to address issues, well, it's uh, your your company has the use case to to use, right? Well, I think I think for the audience, is think about your data strategy. Can you answer with confidence that you have good data, or that even you have a data strategy? If the answer is no, really question why not. Question your leadership if you're an executive. Question your team, why don't we have a data strategy and what's our data strategy and how do we prepare for this, you know, forever faster changing environment and become more value add to the organization in a way that we can scale. And so I, I start there. Um, if you're interested in contacting us, you know, our, we've got a great team here that would love to dive more into, you know, some of your challenges and, and, and come back with, you know, the best way to leverage our technology to help you prioritize those challenges and address them, and so you can contact us on our website, com. You can request a demo. Um, and then I'm very uh, outspoken on LinkedIn, <laughs> so if you're interested in, in, in following me, it's Stephanie Widawai, uh obviously with Killbook, with and uh, and then you can, you know, contact me. I'd be happy to have a conversation and make sure that you're, you're well taken care of and, and speaking to the right people on our team. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for for taking the time, Stephanie. I appreciate it, and I I know you've got me excited on a couple fronts that now I need to do further reading on, uh, and I'm sure it's the same for the audience as well. So, uh, thanks again for for taking the time. Yeah, thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Pure Procurement, hosted by yours truly, Joël Colin Demers. I hope you took away something from today's episode to help you keep fighting the good fight. If you have any comments or questions, you can stop by my website at jcolindemers.com. There's a ton of procurement-related articles and resources there for you as well. If you like what you see, I'd love to count you as a subscriber. All you need to do that is click the big black button on the top right of the homepage and enter your email and first name. That's it. Thanks again for listening to Pure Procurement. Until next time. Thank you.